Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Our sponsor is Moxie and Zen. If you head over to moxieandzen.com slash tforce and use the code tforce, you can get 20% off of your order on premium, high-quality, and inexpensive boxers. They're made from bamboo to help wick away the sweat, which leaves you feeling fresh. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon, where we have a multitude of different perks. Anyone that signs up for the $5 tier will receive first dibs on any and all tournaments that we host. We'll send out an early access email so you can be at the front of the line to sign up and get onto the rift. The $10 tier will grant you access to special interviews or podcasts that we do. Additionally, $10 will grant you one replay review per month from the podcaster of your choice. Just download the replay file and send it to us via email or private Discord message. With the replay review, you'll get the insight and expertise that the podcasters bring, which will help you optimize each phase of the game. The $15 tier will unlock one live coaching session per month from the podcaster of your choice. Let us know who you'd like to talk to, and we'll set up a way for you to stream your game to them as a member of the podcast walks you through your game. And finally, the $50 tier will grant you a one-time guest spot on the podcast where you will be able to give your input on the show agenda and be live on the podcast with the rest of the Trinity Force crew. The money that we collect from Patreon not only helps keep the lights on, but helps to pay for better equipment and promotional materials. If you have any questions for the crew, shoot us an email at questions at trinityforcepodcast.com. You can also head over to our website, www.trinityforcenetwork.com. There you can find a link for our Discord, old episodes, and other Trinity Forest Network podcasts. You can also visit our subreddit, r slash tforcenetwork, our Twitter, at tforcenetwork, our YouTube page, youtube.com slash c slash trinityforcepodcast, or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tforcepodcast, where we're regularly streaming tournaments, community game nights, other league games the podcasters are playing, and even other games occasionally. Finally, on Tuesday nights, make sure to join us in our Discord at 7.15pm Eastern Standard Time, where we will be playing and often streaming on Twitch, Community Game Night, for some fun pre-made games and in-house custom matches. Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Yo, it's that Triforce cast beaming straight to your home. Grab a beer so we know, pony drinking alone. Send an email, a quick tweet, just pick up the phone. Leave a message, hit the beep if you're a creep, watch your tone. Discuss the meta game, patch notes, whatever helps your stats most. Obi Pone Kenobi is your last hope to snatch gold. So grab your headphones and join in the fun. We'll try and force in some jokes and some cringeworthy puns. Yo, we can make it together, people. Trinity Force Podcast. These boys are second to none, but that's the end of the intro, it's time we've begun.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 793 of the Trinity Force podcast. I am, as always, your host, N.A. Eric, and I have John and Bomo here tonight, and we will be talking about a few different things, some controversies or controversies, as well as uh, a little bit of ranked since that started, and uh, some AD carry updates as well that will hopefully be, be going live next patch, which if they do, you will hear about it from us in the next next episode in a deeper dive. But uh, before we get into business, as always, gents, let's uh, catch up and see how everyone's doing. Bomo, how is your face feeling, man? It's a lot better. Um, I think it's pretty much all healed. Um, I think I just have a little bit left on my lip area, but that's because I keep eating. And so it doesn't have a lot of time to heal, actually, because it keeps opening up the wound again. But <clears throat> it's a little annoying, but we're getting there. Um, you got to keep eating. That's it that. for my face. got to yeah. keep eating. You should, yeah, you should right. stop eating and then you'll heal. Just stop eating. That's, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. it, it doesn't hurt if I open my mouth like this small. like. But any but anything bigger than that, it <laughs> it kind of hurts. And for people who don't, watch this i i kind of just made a little o with my mouth um i realized that that was probably a weird thing to to talk about in the podcast but yeah pretty much all healed except for my little side is it crease on the mouse mouth or whatever whatever is this connecting part of the lips between top and bottom that little area who knows what that's called good to me i don't know the technical uh, term at all as to your commissure there oh yeah let's hear it what from the dentist that is a a commissure is that what that is commissure yeah commissure yeah okay. so that that's that's recovering but everything else is pretty much all fully healed so it's just this this commissure mm-hmm. there you go nice okay nice well glad to hear it how's uh you you've also played your your ranked stuff how's that been going man my ranked has been okay so i had two games with afks so i mean that's kind of it's bound to happen, right, the more you play. But <clears throat> I'm right now gold 370 LP out of placements, so um, not too bad of a of a start, um, considering I was, like, plat 4, like, 0 LP um, during the reset. So I played a lot in the preseason, actually. I played, like, 40-some ranked games in the preseason to just, like, work on my two champions I'm going to be climbing with for right now and then just looking at different matchups and whatnot. And so just to keep me loose i guess because if you don't play for a bit and you come back then you kind of forget a lot of things so it's just use the preseason to keep my my hands pretty warm um so when i jump into ranked i don't have to re-remember how to play them i already have it knocked down so not too bad um considering the two afks but we definitely threw two games too so i think i ended like what four and six and i think um besides those two afks i could have won the other two but it, it's hard you know, when you have just the endless rolling of, like, inting, um, where your entire team just kind of runs in one at a time, and everyone tries to salvage it, and then it just keeps rolling, and you can't do anything to stop it. Snowballing so disaster. Two- <laughs> yeah. So I had two of those games where we were up. I, I saw the gold graph, 12K gold in, in like, 15 minutes, and we lost because we just were running it down. I don't know, like, how to even stop, like, what happened but yeah it was it was it was a tragedy we're just seeing this happen um to my game but you know you you live and learn so hopefully it's a learning experience i feel like it's the the every 
everyday tragedy that happens on the rift to everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it happens every but, once in a while. Yeah, but that just goes to show don't forfeit 15 because you could be on the enemy team on my game and you could probably win that game. So there's a little tip for you. Yeah, they give a fat 700 gold shutdown to your AD carry or something, <laughs> to your Twitch. And then they Shit, start running man. it down. Yeah, I feel like that's just like the classic, like, I don't know. I feel like the more I play, I feel like the more I realize it's mm-hmm. true. Is like when your team is doing like that, like the enemy team is just as likely to, to do something to, to mm-hmm. throw to. So it's definitely yeah. worth staying in it. If, if like, unless there's just like, you know, three people just, you know, straight up running it down. But yeah, yeah. I feel like there has been a lot of, in my experience too, like in the little bit of, that I played of the new season. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely a couple games like that where, like, people just, like, something bad happens and then someone tries to salvage it and then they die and then someone else tries to salvage it and they die. It just becomes a whole a whole thing. Yeah, I actually prefer games that are closer than just early game stomps. I feel like it happens every time with an early game stomp where people just forget how to actually play league and they think oh i'm so fed i can do anything i want and then it's it's just bad and so i actually hate like super early game heavy leads i'd rather be somewhat close and have a slight advantage than just like be completely out of control um because i realize myself included i don't really know what to do when i'm so fed and i've taken mid tower and it's even before like 10 minutes I can rotate to other lanes, but all of their towers are gone too. So you're trying to crack the the secondary turrets at like 12, 13 minutes of the game. And no one has any ward placements in the enemy jungle. So everyone just keeps getting collapsed one at a time. And they think they can outplay it because they're so fed. But it's it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, times like those are when you really like practice and learn your macro. Because yes, you mm-hmm. have the gold advantage. So then you learn, oh, I need to, you know we just set up traps in the jungle and wait and you take the enemy's camps and then you let one your as you're coming out of base you take your own camps and then just advance back up the rift that's or, or down depending on if you're red or blue side yeah that's the sort of those are the times when you can actually like learn and grow from your macro but if you're like you said if you're like 12k ahead at 15 there's uh there's not anywhere near as much personal growth That's what, uh, compared to a super close game. I far prefer close games as well. Because um, even if you win a, you know, if you win something that's your super far ahead super early, um, it's not as fun even. Like, okay, it's it's cool. You got to win. It's not bad, but it's just nowhere near as fun. Even if you were to play a close game and lose even, I, f- I find I have more fun with those games and the stomps but being on the other end like on the receiving end of a stomp i'm almost always like okay just fucking wash because i don't trust my teammates to understand how to have macro and come back in games and they probably don't trust me to have the same thing either so i'm just like okay fuck it let's just go to a i'm, I'm fine to run it back although that is as you guys said uh that is not the optimal strategy for if you're trying to climb as much and for if you're trying to grow as much of a player's and i recognize that that's fine yeah. Um, cool. Well, hopefully your climb continues to, or gets a little bit better than going four and six. Otherwise, the climb will stall pretty quickly, Bomo. But um, yeah. And by the way, which two? You said you're going with two champs. Remind us which two champions you're going with. I'm playing Yone and Diana mid. So those are the two champs right now. Uh, <clears throat> depending on maybe how the meta shakes up in the next couple patches, I personally think that Roa is 
really good um, based on this new patch that just went down. So I might pick up a Roa champion if it stays strong next couple patches and then just incorporate a third champion. Um, but I think I'm going to stick to two primaries and then like have a third one with a potential fourth one rotate in and out based on like how my my two main champions are doing and what I find lacking in my champion pool. Sure. So, any of those champions you're considering, are they any of them range, or are you allergic to playing range so, champions? Yeah, are we talking uh, <laughs> the rapid fire uh, rise Roa strat <laughs> going around here? I I played a, actually a, a lot of range champions last year. So my, my most played champions were Vex, Victor, Diana Yone, and Azir last season. So I did play a lot of range, but <clears throat> I just... I don't like the way a lot of mages play. I like to play quicker games, and a lot of mages like things slightly slower um, gameplay-wise in the mid lane. And so maybe I want to try to find like a a range champion that can play a little quicker. Um, I know Victor plays pretty quickly, but I just end up feeding because <laughs> I play way too fast. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm really good at stalling out games when I play it, but I just don't find that type of play style fun for me. Um, I can I can just concede the wave and farm what I can and then just look to scale. But I think for me... What about as, Lissandra? Have you thought of Lissandra at all? Not really. I played her a lot when she first came out, what, season two, season three? But I don't know. I, I, I'll have to find something. I want to build Roa and Seraphs. So I'm thinking Ryze or Cassidin, but again, Cassidin's a melee champion, so maybe maybe Talia? maybe maybe. I was thinking also Cassiopeia too for like a, a range champion because it kind of fits with my style of playing faster and like not too scale oriented. Um, and she can dish out a lot of damage too. So we'll we'll see. I, we'll have to see, but. I, I just want to build Roa on everything right now. Well, do you I'm like trying out some Diana Roa builds? <laughs> yeah. Do you like stuff where you have to like click around a lot, like, like that, like mechanically intent, like Cassiopeia? I feel like is like that because she, I feel like, plays more like a. She's like a mage, like, eighty carry kind of like an eighty like. carry battle mage type of. Yeah, because she's pretty short range, sure, yeah. and she's like, mm -hmm. if you can hit the cues and you're good at the. Really, it's just a matter of the getting e the timing down conquer. with her E. Yeah. yeah, and stacking, knowing how to stack conquer with her well, and mm -hmm. then using her W flash yeah. or her R flash is important. Yeah, so. I spammed a lot of casts last preseason, um, and then just dropped her when the season started because I felt like the meta wasn't really suited for for her. So I might pick her up again, but I played like I don't know, like thirty some games of her last preseason. So I have a have you tried Rumble? pretty good understanding rumble hmm i might try rumble but yeah, again give her, i love rumble can it's i build roa though mm, uh i mean you don't need to rumble has some <laughs> yeah, of the I highest mean, ap ratio scalings he in just the game. does so much damage you don't need it so proto belt i mean you could yeah. or, night or harvester. some people go night, yeah, night harvester, harvester and also night harvester is like pretty good i think right now i i really like rumble but after the Leandry change, I kind of just stopped playing him because I want like the, <laughs> I want the double burn with the burn with the flame spitter and the the burn item. But I might try to work on some demonic build maybe with like heart steel <laughs> or something on Rumble. But nah, you could just go know. like uh, we'll, we'll I mean see. if they have like a 
a tank, like really tanky team, you could do Leandri's demonic on him mm -hmm. is is pretty yeah. It's fine. Then go like or dude, you could even go proto build demonic mm -hmm. and you'll be pretty tanky. Yeah. Really, if you just go a dark seal, like like Eric was saying, like he does a lot of damage. His AP scalings oh, are insane. Yeah. yeah. If you know how to, we'll have to see. Yeah. But yeah, right Swain now just is another two. one I would mm -hmm. I would say maybe try because Swain has so much build diversity that people don't yeah. tap into at all. I played it. I played a lot of Swain in my competitive team last season, um, so maybe 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 Swain, especially with the Roa. Maybe yeah, I think maybe Swain. So we'll have to see. But I think I'm gonna stick with Diana and Yone for a bit until I get to about gold one, and then I'll probably start looking for a third champion when I like start getting to platinum, um, and then yeah, and then look to climb with a, a small champion pool. So. My goal is to nice. have less than 10 champions played in solo queue in terms of, like, the, the number of champions played, you know, those stats. Um, I want to okay. have more games with less champions, essentially, because if you look at my prior seasons, it's <laughs> it's pretty bad. Like, some seasons I've played, on average, like, one champion on one game. That's how few solo queue games I've played and, like, how many different champions I've played. So we're looking yeah. to kind of just hone in on a few champions. But to be fair, haven't the last... I mean, I know last season was you were kind of hamstrung. I don't know about the previous season because you could only play so many games in order to actually... Because if you played too many and won too many, you would have gotten too high to be in the league that you were in, right? So now you don't have that restriction, which is actually nice. It allows you to play a lot more games on a more focused set of champs too, right? Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, just <clears throat> honing everything on a smaller champion pool and just playing as well as i can and just seeing um if i get stalled mid plat and i'm not really improving i'll probably look to play like competitive again but right now i just wanted to to see and then um we'll use that as a baseline so i'll check back in at the end of the the first ranked split of 2023 cool 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 well we will uh we will keep an update on that but uh sweet good luck to you bomo john how have you been, man? Have you played ranked at all yet? Uh, not very much ranked. I played a good bit of preseason. Um, I played a couple games on one of my Smurfs. Only two games, though, of uh, in like the since the season's dropped. But I've been mostly I've been playing kind of a mixture of jungle and Nadikiri. Um, so I'm pretty excited for for the changes and stuff. But uh. But yeah, as far as jungle, yeah, for these for these for these ADC changes that we'll, we will be talking about, yes. Yeah, as far as yep. jungle though, I've been playing actually, going back to a pick that I like, kind of started in the jungle with. Been playing Warwick. Some. Um, oh my god. Yeah, he feels really good. Um, why do you play all the champions that I despise? Just why? I mean, it's just I don't know. It's just it, <laughs> it, it it's what calls to me, Eric. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean Fucking you can you can do some crazy stuff with his Q. Like I've had some stuff where I followed Chen old. Like <laughs> I follow like you can follow people over blast cones with a uh, Warwick Q. So uh, we there was like one one game where uh, we had just got an elder, and they were trying to blast cone away two people, and uh, I queued one of them, followed them with like the blast cone over, and I had like E before that, so I feared them, had my ult and got a double kill, but uh. Been, been playing him. I've been playing uh, Graves, your other, your other, you know, classic favorite. Yep. Eric loves playing against Graves. Um, he especially I loves do. my Graves too. 
Yes, but I do. Then, it's definitely there's definitely I definitely don't still ban graves every <laughs> game. That's definitely not a thing that happens. But, but uh, yeah, I've been playing that. I've been playing Wukong some. Uh, I like Wukong. Um, I wanna like just kind of learn Elise. Um, I mean, she seems really good right now, and that's like one champ that like I know everything she does, but like that's one jungler I haven't played like a ton myself. So I'd like to just get some experience on her. Um, just kind of like get a feeling for what it feels like to play that champion. Uh, sure. Also, I've been playing Kindred a little bit too. She's seems pretty good, and um, that's been a lot of fun. Um, I, ha I had a game the other day where you can just do some like insane paths with her. Like, like we uh, we were blue side. And then I uh, t did red, got a leash, did red, went straight to their gromp. We were playing against a Maokai jungle. Went straight to his gromp, killed him on his gromp, and he flashed away also. And then I just got his wolves, <laughs> got level 3. His gromp and his wolves got level 3, went to his top side, <laughs> killed him again. And then it was just like, he, he kind of just AFK'd after that. <laughs> it was just such a rough game for him. But yeah, I mean, it, when you do some insanely aggressive pathing like that with like uh, like Kindred or Graves, I mean, it's just straight up game over. I've been doing some of that with uh, Shaco. Just start topside and clear my top three camps or even top two or what something, and then just go right over. If I'm playing on red side, go right over to their blue buff and just wait for them with a box right there. Ignite all ready to go, and someone walks in, half health, boom, you're dead. Or at least you're flashing away and I'm getting the camps that are left. I, it has not failed yet. Um, and then also it usually pulls away the mid and top laner, and then we get some sort of a skirmish, or they at least lose minions or something. It's, it's absurd how much now people are clearing formulaically, and maybe a lot of people are listening to the that jungle camp recommendation order, because that is never telling people to go out of order or even think it doesn't take into account to my knowledge who you're facing it's just the champ you're playing so that's something that people need to really think about especially like junglers and other laners and such be aware of who you're jungling against and what they can and cannot do to you early the invaders like you were saying like elise can invade early kindred can absolutely invade early shako invades nidalee invades there's several others as well that can do it be aware of these motherfuckers yeah, and I guess, like, going off that, too, like, I think it's... I like that you've been, uh, you picked up uh, Shaco, because that was, like, one character that I was, like... I feel like at one point, uh, like, a year and a half ago or so, that I was, like, so frustrated playing against, because I, like, swear... It was when he was, like, the AD Shaco was really good. And uh, mm -hmm. I was just getting so frustrated, because I played it, like, six games in a row and ranked, and I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna, like, learn this character, right? So I just played him for, like... 50 games straight. I mean, he's so much fun, man. And you can just disrupt so people. Much fun. So, like, and like you're saying, you can just do like absolutely cheesy, wild stuff. Like, you can just go do your uh, red buff and then just kill them on their gromp. <laughs> or like do some like, like you were saying, go to their, uh, their other opposite side buff and then just catch them off guard there. I mean, you can, the level two or three mid bot gank with him is so good but i guess like to that too there's like uh like having knowledge of that and like dis especially like disrupting him early i think is important so like when i play against 
shit going if I have, like, a team that can, like, somewhat invade. Like, we're going to go in there, disrupt his boxes on the, the Raptors or, like, just any, as many boxes as we can. And because Smite, um, I feel like one thing that's, like, underrated playing against him, like, as the enemy jungler is using Smite early, like, on the boxes because it just, like, one-taps them and you have, like, a super low cooldown on Smite early, like, before minions spawn. So, um, so you can kind of just counter the boxes pretty easily as the jungler. But, yeah, I guess just, like, disrupting his boxes and making it so he can't have just a easy... Because his level 3 is... If he gets his setup, his level 3 is insanely fast. Yeah, and, uh, exactly to that point, if you can, if you have a team that can do it and not sacrifice too much or whatever, at least place advanced vision down, but... Go in, just do a delayed invade at like 120. Go in, if you know where he's starting, just go in and trip the boxes. And then walk away. Because then he has, to, he, he cannot, his autos do not, even if you're playing AD Shaco, he needs the boxes in order to clear. If you don't have the, like at least the first clear, if he doesn't have boxes set up, his clear is severely hurt and you don't have to, you really don't have to worry about him early. Yeah. And the um, other thing you can do yeah, as like a mid or bot lane or as a support is like for, I guess, support specifically, like, if you're playing against a Shaker, you can put the, if he's, I guess, on the bot side or the blue side, um, you can put the, like, a ward in there at 123, because then that'll catch him if he's doing, comes from Krugs. Um, you'll at least know he's coming, like Eric was saying. And then same thing with, like, mid can put one in the pixel brush at around the same time. And if he tries to gank mid, I mean, you'll see it coming at the late, very least, so... There's ways to I play wouldn't recommend as someone as someone who's playing it. I wouldn't recommend Pixel Brush because everyone always expects the one like right behind the like where the wall is. I guess like where the, oh okay yeah would sure. be a good one I think or in like just open space because uh, like you know in that open space if you're looking at like the top quadrant uh, in that open space where you can walk down into the river there because he could just go. If you put it in Pixel Brush, if he just walks over to the wall, that thin wall, and then just queues over, you don't know that he's there at all. Because a while ago they removed that you can't see the plume of smoke when he uh, uses his queue if you're in if you're in darkness. So you can't know there. Or um, I really like to put uh, Ward. It, let's say that I'm on blue side and I'm where and Chaco's on red side. I like to put a Ward in the left side, uh, the the top side river. Um, to the left of the pixel brush, actually, so that I can see the full entrance to Baron Pit. Um, because I'll just queue, or Kiana as well, I like to do that as, because I can, those ch characters or Kindred can just hop over the wall, Graves can as well, as you know, and then just hop over the wall. You don't have to worry about walking through a brush or whatever, and if they don't have this non-traditional vision line, then you won't uh, you won't get spotted. So those sorts of places. And if you're on bot side, it's a little bit harder, but that big tri-brush or... Um, Shaco is, could also, usually if they're... If you're on red side for defending bot lane, um, put it in the most advanced brush on the if you can get over there without taking too much damage there as well because then walking through those brushes and then queuing because the queue has a like up until later on in the game you get revealed pretty quickly so you really have to be able to get close enough for it to work but there's some real crazy shit you can do with them it's it's a lot of fun but yeah anyways um 
we're already 25 minutes in. We haven't even started talking about shit, but I'll just go through my stuff quickly. I have not played any ranked yet um, because I was uh, busy with stuff last Wednesday when it all went live, and then Thursday I flew out to L.A., and I just got back today. This is Monday. Um, I was there checking out, uh, you know, visiting some family and stuff like that. I might want to move there in the future, so checking out some neighborhoods, that sort of thing, but nothing firm. But, um, yeah, so now this week I will be playing some League, and I will have more to say on my own ranked woes or successes, more likely successes. I mean, come on, I'm the host of the Training Force podcast, so... Um, more likely the successes uh, next week. So let's uh, let's get into. We'll talk about ADC stuff first, since we already talked about that a little bit. Let's go through some of this. So um, basically, Freak released a video. Freak is no longer a caster. For those of you who haven't paid attention, Freak is now part of the game design team. So works on balancing and other things like that. Patch changes. Part of the. Uh, the balance team. He is a full-fledged member of the balance team. And so he posted a YouTube video to, I guess, a video to his YouTube page talking about a whole bunch of changes that are being shipped potentially to ADCs on patch 13.2, which would be next patch. It'll be showing up on PBE probably by the time you've listened to this, it's already on PBE with some mana scaling increases, mana regen increases, and some mana cost changes all around mana for ADC roles. And so... Um, Ash, Caitlyn, Ezreal, Jin, Jinx, Kaisa, Lucian, Misfortune, Senna, Sivir, Twitch, and Zaya are all getting uh, mana changes. Some of them are base mana, some mana scaling, some specific mana cost decreases on spells, and some of it's mana regen and growth such. So um, basically he went through and it was like a 25-minute video. It was really good to see the transparency and talked about the reason for these changes. And so Freak cited saying that when you talk to ADC players, and he would know as an ADC player as well, the role doesn't feel... Obviously, the role has winning characters, the has winning champions, because there are champions with positive win rates. But it feels very unfulfilling. It feels that there there are champions that don't can basically just ignore ADCs. Um, we're talking about some of these mega tanks that don't have to worry about it. Um, and then also sometimes in bot lane now with changes to mana that have happened over the last year or so with biscuits getting nerfed and other things like that, that um, and then corrupting potion, refill potion, those things getting nerfed, that a lot of them are able to do one or two spell rotations and then being pretty out of mana, which you need to actually lane. So in order to combat some of these anti-fun things that are happening, these uh, all of them are getting buffed collectively so that the class changes, but champions barely change relative to one another is kind of what he was going at. So, um, John, you're the one that shared that video with me. What do you, why don't you talk a bit about it also from, you're an ADC player and neither of us are. Why don't you talk a bit about um, that? Man? Yeah, so, I mean, it was like, I mean, first of all, I guess like super cool to hear like all that. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Like, um, I mean, ADC I was... You know, it's really close, I guess, in terms of, like, how much I've played each role. Um, I really like ADC, but, I mean, I I definitely can agree with that. Like, in specific cases, uh, especially, I guess, like, where it felt, like, very bad as, as far as just having very high mana costs. And also, I guess, another thing he touched on was uh, playing as those champions, like, for example, like, Lucian or... Um, any other champion that has like really high 
uh, mana costs and is very like spell dependent, like Jin. Um, it feels like you're like defaulted to go Presence of Mind like every single game. Um, so like I guess having the option to go one of the other two is like something that's nice, uh, and I think like opens up just like interesting gameplay for ADCs and also uh, like in terms of the changes like uh, I guess speaking to like different options like overheal is getting buffed uh, as far as the shield value so it's going from 10 plus 9% max HP to 2 to 300 based on level which I think is a great way to do it and have it like be scaling like that um, so it doesn't feel like insanely strong I guess when you're with like It'll still feel strong with those characters where, you know, shielding is, you know, core part of their kit, but it won't be, like, oppressively strong early, I guess. I think it's that's a good way to balance it, have it be scaling like that off of the champion level. Um, and that definitely, just to chime in real quick, I've, whenever I do play ADCs, I never, I hardly ever take over heal before this change, I hardly ever do, just because it it feels so negligible because on none of them are you building max HP. I mean, okay, maybe there's like a rare circumstance where you build a health item, but um, the shield felt absolutely negligible uh, that it wasn't, it just never felt worth it to me. And maybe I'm wrong there, but this now feels that it could be a lot better to take on in the situations where you would want to take it. Yeah, I definitely, and also just like, I think it's, yeah, you're not just, like, defaulting to, I don't know, I feel like almost every ADC, you just always go, except for a few cases, you go Presence of Mind, like, just because of how good it is and how, you know, mana, like, you just have mana problems as ADC, I think, in general. Like, as Jin, I definitely feel that way. Lucian, Caitlyn, Zaya, yeah, all these characters that are getting uh, changes to their mana as well. Uh, I mean, Ezreal early before you get tier and get it stacked a little bit. Jinx even, like, if you... It it felt real, and I think that's, like, part of it. Like, I mean, if you're missing a bunch of Ws, like, yeah, that's, you know, but I don't know. Some of the stuff did, like, feel like they had high mana costs, and I guess relative to other, like, uh, for example, like, they changed, like, mana regeneration on the support items, like, and I played a good bit of support recently, and, like, I feel like I never have mana problems as support, like, ever, almost, you know, didn't, with any champion, you know, so it's like, I don't know, that that felt really bad as ADC sometimes when it's, you know, you're playing against, like, an oppressive uh, support that just basically has, like, infinite mana, and, you know, you're just, if you miss your rotations, like, you're just, you lose, like, prio instantly, you know, so... That felt really bad, so I don't know. I like these changes, um, for sure. I mean, I, I've i been playing a lot of uh, Jin, Caitlyn, and Ezreal, so um, a little bit of... I think these go ahead. overheal changes are actually super good. Um, so I just did the math, and on the current uh, iteration with 10 plus 9% max HP, in order to get a 300 base shield you need 3200 max health on an 80 carry and you are you are not getting that yeah that's not amount of hp and so i think just the flat healing for overheal i think is super good 
Um, and I, I don't think any fighters or bruiser, bruisers took overheal, right? They'll always take uh, triumph. Triumph. Yeah. And so it, it, I don't think it would affect really anybody else with this change. And I think it's just better overall for 80 carries. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it might be kind of strong, especially the longer range 80 carries who can get the shield more reliably. Um, but I, I think this is a, a really strong change for, for overheal. Yeah, for sure. The only one that I can think that would be not an ADC that could really use this, um, would that would also build health, would maybe be Kale. If you're going AP Kale, you might want to take this now potentially, but perhaps not. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Just kind of brainstorming there. But yeah, as you said, Boma, it definitely feels like it's a class-specific rune that hardly ever gets taken. I mean, you might take it on Yone, or some people might take it on Yasuo or something. But it's hardly, as a jungler, I never take overheal. I don't, it doesn't even matter what champion I'm playing. I just don't take it. There's literally no reason to take it in the jungle, and you're not taking it as a support. So then it's down to those other three roles, and there's just not a lot of other champs that would prefer. Uh, overheal over the other two. Yeah, and I guess like a good like closing like thing with this is like uh, one like niche example that's like really good with it. I think would be like, and we talked about this um, earlier was uh, like Misfortune with her. Um, I like to take it on Misfortune even like before this change. Sometimes whenever you would have like a healing or a shield support, so like Janna, Lulu, something like that, because um one when you're with your w passive like the movement speed you get the first like burst at movement speed and then you get the second bonus burst at the uh like second bit once you've been out of combat it allows you to keep that passive with like if you have the overheal shield and like the extra shielding from whatever your support has you can just keep the uh the bonus move speed passive for a long time and that's uh actually like very beneficial because it makes it uh I mean, it's just free stats, right? Like, it, like Misfortune with Swifties is already, like, really good at kiting. And then uh, with that on top, where she's getting to keep, like, the full benefit of her passive uh, in combat, or also, like, in a case where she's, like, taking minion aggro or something like that, she's still able to get, like, a kill or something and then not lose her, uh, her passive so she can, like, chase down. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a pretty specific example but like that's one where i really like to take it and i'll definitely be excited to try it and on the same vein of misfortune keeping her shield another item that misfortune often quite keep wants to, uh gets to keep her shield as well as actually deal damage is bloodthirster which is getting a couple changes and freak also went through this as well but bloodthirster is getting it's going to become 200 gold cheaper uh, the lifesteal is going down in 3% in compensation, but the shield is getting better. So overall, the balance team views it as a net buff despite the lifesteal going down. So the shield is going to go from 50 to 320 um, to 180 to 450. And he went into the video saying that the the way that it's coded is actually, you know, the, the now it's 180 is the same value levels 1 through 9. Because they don't envision anyone else getting any anyone getting Bloodthirster before level nine or so. It's just not a first item that anyone hardly anyone gets or should get. Um, and but after that, then it'll start to scale from 180 to 450. So then each level actually after that is a pretty appreciable value. 
so the combination between this overheal and bloodthirster would be in the specific case of misfortune we keep her passive up a lot longer so for sure yeah. um anything else that we want to say about the adc changes john anything else you really want to talk about uh, i mean yeah so the, i guess the one last big thing with it was the uh the changes to ie and the vori quick blades oh right so this is i feel like pretty big um so the passive required crit chance is going from 60% to 40%, making it so that you can go IE second um, as AD carry and get full benefit out of the passive. Um, and then similarly the, with uh, Nabori, they're doing it so that it goes to 40% so you get the full benefit of the passive. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really interesting because, like, I don't know, the Navori also felt like for AD carry, like, insanely niche. Like, it's already a very niche item, but, uh, like, almost no AD carries build it unless you're, like, absolutely popping off and you have just an absurd amount of gold because it's an expensive item as well. Um, I mean, it's along the lines of IE. What champions even really buy it? I've only seen, you know, Trindomir gets Navori, but not an ADC. I've seen the new Ezreal build, which is in I've fashion. Seen Get it? Kaisa do, I've seen a Kaisa build where it's Kraken, uh, Phantom Dancer Navari. Or, yeah, or Collector Navari. Lucian used yeah. to get it in the older version of exactly. Navari, but he would still like to get it. But, yeah, so I guess it, uh, I mean, I guess that makes it a more viable buy for AD carries, too, which I think is, like, always a good thing, having more items that are, like, open. Well, yeah, because, like you, like you said, the, re the required crit chance for the actual passive to take go into effect was 60, now it's 40. So, before, you would never buy Navori before fourth item. Okay, maybe you would buy it third, but at th that point, wouldn't you rather have IE for the raw damage and extra crit damage? Like, in almost every case, you would. So then you're relegating Navori to being fourth, but instead of buying Navori, wouldn't it, at the, buying a fourth item as an ADC, you might want to get some defense. You might be getting a GA, you might be getting a death stance, you might be getting, uh, you know, a maw or something else. You would maybe not be or i mean you know if they can spec into ap you might be getting azanias or something so it very much felt like uh just because of where when it had to be built it was being outshone outshined by uh other things that made more sense for in-game context even though it sounds good on paper yeah for sure and i think it was just like the passive was just too like a uh, niche for like and too much gold to like for an ad carry to put that much resources in like unless you're a champion that's like spamming an ability like you were saying like lucian or uh like i mean even kaisa i feel like is like a newer user of this that i've seen like which is really good for her q because i mean her q does so much damage but yeah if you had a build yeah. where you just go like kraken ie navori on kaisa that sounds pretty fun i, I might try that yeah. And then also just to just to cap that off, there's a change to Bork, which is related here, but will more than likely be affecting other people as well. It's a uh, nothing to melee users, melee users, but for range, the on hit damage is going from 8%. I think it's of current health to 9% or maybe it's max health. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, that'll um, be definitely nice for Twitch. Yeah. Twitch, Kogma. Kale with these new now AD Kale is the is better for Kale users than AP generally from what I've seen. So 
So <laughs> we'll see I, about these. I've been brainstorming while you guys were talking. So I don't know if you guys are familiar, but there's kind of a new Yone build going around with uh, people building Rift Maker on Yone. Um, okay. It's, okay. It's it's it, it's into like super tanky team comps and like super tanky top laners, but essentially it's a bunch of on hit stuff. So I'm wondering with Rift Maker and like Navari Quick Blades when it goes down to forty percent, you don't need crit because Yone and Yas. Well, Yone gives like what double crit chance, right? Both of them uh, do. Yeah, and so I was I was thinking it's like, huh. If I just build this, then I automatically have 40% crit, and the build is like... Uh, well, you get 50, because it's 2.5. They changed it to, so it's 50% oh, okay. you have. Okay, so then that, that's pretty good, um, for the at least for the crit chance. But yeah, there's like a, a build going around where it's... Uh, you go Bork, uh, Wit's End, um, Riftmaker type of thing, and you just do a lot of on-hit damage when your Omni... Or when the Riftmaker is fully stacked in the amount of damage you do and the the q hits are more than if you if you were to go uh shield bow ie for a q hit proc it's really weird um so, the, yeah oh, someone insane. there's like there's like some weird math thing going around people like showing like pictures of like one q hit on a fully stacked rift maker does more damage than an ie uh like what is it shield bow build and so i was gonna try it out but now with this navari change next patch i might might dabble, see see what happens, and then I'll I'll report back. But I'm kind of just brainstorming now. Dude, it's hilarious. Really random builds. It's hilarious. Know, just you spam that. W and E. I was uh I saw like a a build where it was a uh, a vein top build where you go riff maker. It's like the same thing you're talking. You should go all on hit. Yeah. Did true the true damage hits so hard. That's like I mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't remember how long it takes for you to. Cause it's like the longer you're in combat, the it's more three seconds. Three seconds? What? That's it. Yeah, I've been playing it on Swain. It's like you auto. It's it it, it, it where it starts faster than a grasp proc does. It's three. That's seconds. That's insane. Okay. Well, I'm I need to try something with that. But yeah, you go Rift Maker, and it's like Goonsus and like the, all the stuff you were talking about, Bomo. But yeah, I mean it's insane the amount of damage you get, like converted to true damage, and how much it does. I didn't realize that though that it does more than Shiopo IE. That's just absolutely yeah. I didn't wild. believe it until until they were showing like screenshots. I'm like, how is this even possible? And so yeah, that so uh, I don't know. I don't know how. Maybe I should. Yeah. Maybe I should try that on when I play uh, top lane on hit Nico. Then instead Ooh, of yeah. going Kraken Slayer, although I prefer Gale Force because it's really funny to have your hit <laughs> ready and then a Nico dash at you and then the enhanced auto. Uh, maybe try Riffmaker Nasher's tooth could be that could be the move. Nasher's is cool. I, I like to go Nasher's and Bork on her first two items because you don't need any AD or anything. You're just working off that extra on hit and shit. Like I've gotten five daggers in a row and it works because you just need to auto. -pass. The other thing I worry <laughs> about. So the only thing I worry about with the changes is like, what does this mean for GP? And like I guess you talked about Yon a little bit. And I guess, like, Yasuo similarly, like, uh, benefits from that. So I guess, like, the rush, the IE rush second is going to be even be better on them. Uh, right? Yeah. Like, in theory. But, and I guess for GP, too, I mean, he can just straight up get, like, I mean, he can do some wild stuff, I feel like, now, with that credit. 
Yeah, and I wonder how I wonder if Navori range uh or I, I wonder if uh it works never mind I, never mind never mind that doesn't work at all. I was trying to think about cuz GP is melee although his auto his Q is considered range now as of like the beginning of last year. So would that work for I wonder do items calculate based off of each av- abilities whether it's melee or ranged, or is it the character? And I don't know. But uh, but what I was thinking about doesn't actually matter for this specific thing, so we can we can disregard that entire rambling train of thought there. <laughs> so okay. Well, um, it'll be interesting to see if these ADC updates are put in. But uh, we also have other business to attend to, gents. So um, if you've been living under a rock and have not seen that the uh, that you know we're in a new season of league then um, you haven't seen that there was a new cinematic and a couple of other videos afterwards that the Riot devs and other teams put out. One of them was about player behavior updates. One of them was about changes to the ranked system. Another one was about um, mid-scope updates for champions and specifically what those are. And then one character was teased. Some of the Nico changes were teased and such. So, um, But that was about it. And the cinematic... Collectively, the community basically felt that it was uh, garbage, to put it lightly. Lackluster. Um, it was a giant, it was a giant dumpster fire that didn't work all that well. Now, I will say, um, I thought it looked pretty because it, it did look cool, just in terms of look, because it was you were flying around in an Unreal Engine generated map of Summoner's Rift, but the voice lines were all taken from characters already within the game. And the voice was just changed to be uh, some, it sounded like a little girl almost that was reading it. And that was about it. There was literally nothing else that happened with it. And everyone collectively hated it. And then within a day or so, um, right, put out a, they tweeted out something to the effect of, we realized that this wasn't very good. And we will be commenting, uh, or be responding in a longer format, as well as sharing additional details about plans for the upcoming season um, in the next in the coming days. So watch for that. And then about two days later, they posted another video on their on the official League of Legends page, and it was it's a seven is actually an eight minute video, and we watched this before we started. So. Um, uh, I would recommend that everyone go and watch it. It's it's uh, yeah. When exactly did this come out? It came out January thirteenth, so three days ago from today, but a few days earlier than that for or like a while ago, depending on when you listen to this. But um, in it, they admit readily that their cinematic was not very good. They commit to it uh, next season's cinematic being much better. They commit to trying to implement as many of the changes as the community wanted as they are feasible. Um, and then they talked about some other specific stuff. They wanted to, they've talked about how they have reformed the alternative game modes team. And some of the news that that team was completely disbanded isn't exactly true from what I was hearing. They didn't directly refute anyone saying that they were just saying that they have a game modes team and they were actually playing a new game mode that will hopefully come out this summer 
that they haven't they're not prepared to show screenshots or anything of because it's still in a pretty rough format but that um improving events in new modes because every event feels very cookie cutter and they recognize that everyone's kind of bored of it meaning you know buy the pass play some games get a key get a skin that model that's been going on for quite a while they're going to try and change that and then add in trying to be more proactive and transparent with communication with the community. So having blog posts, having videos or other announcements, trying to be, make it less, uh, more personal and more make everyone feel as though they've actually been heard because they say that they are listening to feedback. And I think that all this train of events would lead us to believe so. So, um, that's kind of what happened. And, uh, I don't know before I share my thoughts on, how everything went down and how this is all kind of felt like it's resolved. Um, I know that both of you guys watched it, Boma, why don't you share your thoughts on all of this? Yeah. So for me, I, I like the aspect of like transparency. I think that's really good. Um, I also understand kind of where they're coming from in terms of they lost a lot of like key devs and you don't see that, right? Cause you plan things out like, pretty far in advance so you have everything set up um i will say uh that a lot of the events were pretty much just copy and pasted from previous events um so there's really no uh how do i say this the events don't feel like events it just feels like a a way for us to not feel bad about grinding specific things right so it's the events should have like really cool skins that you would want, but um, for me personally, like I think how many events did we have last year? Like four or five, somewhere along four that. or five, yeah. And one of them was the void event, which wasn't yeah. even an event. It no. was just here's a Belveth video, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, I for me personally, I I don't like a lot of the skins, um, so I just <laughs> I just play the event and just get whatever or. Uh, loot orbs i can do and just hopefully i can reroll for stuff because a lot of the the skin cosmetic tied to events um and like the different chromas you can get aren't that great um i kind of i don't know how you would actually fix that though um because you can just buy the skin and you're pretty much just playing for the chromas at that point or the they have that one legendary skin right all the time for like two thousand tokens that you can get, but I I yeah it's, have, a, it's yeah. a prestige skin that they always have for it, and I've gotten it only twice when I bought the world's ones. I'm like, what am I gonna do with all these tokens? Okay, I'll yeah. get the skin. And so that that's where I was at. It's like, well, I don't play this champion. This skin doesn't look that great, um, so I'll just get loot, I guess. Um, and none of the mythic skins are even that appealing to me so it's not even worth it to try to go for the 2200 token marker to get mythic essence um so it just seems like it's a it's a way for riot to just say that they're giving us quote-unquote cheaper alternatives to to get free i say free but it's not really free free stuff um and i do think that needs a revamp um but I think transparency, well, speaking of the point, I think transparency is pretty important in terms of letting us know beforehand. A lot of times we don't even know an event dropped 
until the day of, right? So patch patch notes drops. Oh, by the way, there's an event for X, whatever skin line, and it's really inconsistent. So we had the winner the winter blessed event, right? That just ended. Now we were in the what is this event called? Uh, the Lunar Rebel Probably season. Oh, Lunar, Lunar Rebel. Rebel. Okay, yeah. cool. So now it's the Lunar Rebel event, and it's just like. It just seems like they're like, same. yeah, it's 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 pretty much the exact same thing, um, and there's really no point to to buying these really unless you want the the prestige skin. But some of them aren't that great; <laughs> they look pretty bad. Um, and so yeah, I think I think that's where I stand. Um, I have my own opinions about game modes. I I personally don't have a lot of time to play a bunch of game modes. Um, and so, with the time I do have, I'll be just end up playing regular Summoner's Rift, and I I don't really mind that there's no game modes, but I do understand people who want some variety and other fun things. Um, I know TFT was the original game mode, and then all of a sudden it became its own game. And so, they were saying that all the devs who were on the rotating game modes were on now the TFT team. And they're developing that, so they're trying to backfill everything. So we'll see how long it takes them. But I think in general, for me, um, this video was good. I wish they had released the video like half year prior to say like, just letting you guys know, like it's gonna be a little rough, and twenty twenty three is gonna be like a what they call it, uh, the rebuilding year for rebuilding, year or yeah. Something. And like none I, of us I, knew, right? Until they released this video. Oh, twenty. This year's a rebuilding video. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, rebuilding year. So, I wish like they released it sooner, and like then people they could get angry, but at least we'll be more understanding, right? Yeah, and the rebuilding they talked about was some of what you're talking about, backfilling staff. But they also said something about that I had no idea. They're trying to invest in more uh, server infrastructure and other stuff in Southeast Asia, which I wasn't aware was a problem. And so they, they brought up that. But I think a point that they really – they could have added an extra 30 seconds or so. And maybe some pe some people care, maybe some don't. But in January of 2022 with the finishing – or getting closer to being finished with their class action lawsuit they settled um they offered any staff that didn't want to stay on a quarter of their salary to leave i think i think that was the number and something like 2700 staff members all took it and immediately left so if you have i don't know how many people i don't know the staff number of riot but i can't imagine it's enough where if you have that many people leave across the entire organization not just that's not all working on league some of that's going to be in communication some of it's going i mean it'll be across the board of the whole company but if you lose 2700 staff members just like boom in one month you're gonna have some uh like what you the capacity of what you're able to put mm -hmm. out is going to drop and i don't think i know that they don't want to dwell on things that have been negative but um that's at least worth mentioning and saying that was a necessary part of the organization's change, if that's what they believe. But then to communicate that to stat to players and saying, you know, in an era where there is staffing shortages, at least in the U.S., and I'm sure that that's the case in a lot of other countries, and that there has been all recent uh, mass staff um, not quitting, but and it's not layoffs; it's something in between. Then they're going your players are going to feel a decrease in potentially quality but also quantity in what is put out and if they come up front with that 
some people are going to generally mm-hmm. feel, okay, we understand, you know, shit happens. Thank you for telling us about it, as opposed to just having a year where nothing felt like it was changing. And then all these YouTube videos saying, like, League is dying, League is ending, and they're taking all the profits to build other stuff, which I don't necessarily disagree with some of what was said. And we'll see if they actually deliver on any of this. But yeah, I, I agree with basically everything you were saying, Pomo. Although I do take the time away from rank to play other game modes. I love that. My favorite game mode that they've ever put out is not normals. It's Ascension. I fucking loved Ascension when that was out. That hasn't been out in so many years. But um, I mean, it is it is a loss leader uh, of a of a of a a product which just means that it's something that doesn't make them a lot of money but keeps people playing into the game and then they will be able and that will generate revenue in other places it's um yeah there's it it's a pretty it's a term in economics which i mean you hear on like shark tank and stuff like that people talk about that sometimes too but um yeah i i think that it was overall a good video at least in what it was saying and who they had speaking to it not just some random devs they had deep people who were decently high up as well and uh yeah hopefully this they deliver on what they're promising and trying to accomplish yeah yeah john what do you think yeah i guess to like um i agree with a lot of what you both what you and bomo said um i mean I guess, uh, first of all, like, as far as game modes, like, that's, like, a really exciting thing to hear, because I definitely think that, um, that was lacking, and for, um, understandably for the reasons you were talking about, Eric, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I guess one thing I was very appreciative of was the, uh, I guess just transparency in, like, uh, like, responding to, uh, some of the stuff that people were saying at, and uh and I guess like one of the their messages was to try to uh that they're gonna be more transparent and I guess communicative and on a consistent more consistent basis which I think is a good thing because I feel like one thing that uh um can be kind of frustrating like as a player is uh you know when something like just comes out and it's just insanely strong for a while and it just like you know you don't feel i think more than anything players just like want to feel like they've been heard um and i think that's a good step in the right direction as far as um putting more resources into being more um i guess just opening up more communication uh with players and just like within the organization internally to try to um figure out those problems and like uh employ the help of like the community who's playing the game too so any anything where it's they're being more transparent on a consistent basis and uh opening up more communication i think it's a good thing but i mean i agree with what both y'all said about the cinematic i mean in my opinion like to echo what both y'all said it seemed very cookie cutter like pretty general pretty lackluster overall but like like eric was saying like i i understand like uh like, some of it was for reasons outside of their control, so, like, I mean, I can't really be, uh, too upset about that, like, um, but yeah, I guess just the commitment overall to take take a step in the right direction in terms of, like, hearing out some of the things that, uh, the community wants, um, 
and I guess just more so meeting their expectations in terms of what people want in a new season, uh, I guess, at this point, right? So, like, um, yeah, I mean, but I don't know. So far, I think that that was a, definitely, for sure, a good um, a good video for them to release and kind of just be open about that. And um, I think the more transparent they are about that, like, going forward, like, the more understanding that, you know, the, the community and just players overall will be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, I think that it was a good thing. Um, and I'm excited to just see what, what it has going forward. Yeah. Um, just, to, just to speak to some of the game modes, uh, they, real quick, they have, I looked up the featured game modes because they had the game mode rotation, rotating game modes and different game modes that were featured. And um, I remember almost all of these, some of which I liked more than others. But I mean, in 2014 alone, there was seven featured game modes. So, I mean, a while ago, but that's how many they used to put out. I mean, here's the full list of game modes. Ascension, Black Market Brawlers, Dark Star Singularity, that was the Thresh one. Um, definitely not Dominion, the Doombots, they've had two versions of that come out. Hexakill, that was amazing. Uh, Hunt of the Blood Moon, Invasion, uh, which was the Star Guardian single player, or not single player, that was PvE uh, um, Star Guardian. Legend of the Poro King, Nemesis Draft, Nexus Blitz, Nexus Siege which did horribly. Uh, Odyssey Extraction, so that was the Odyssey one. One for All, which keeps coming back. Overcharge, uh, Snowdown, Showdown, Earth, and then Ultimate Spellbook. And so some of these we'll probably see coming back. I mean, Earth will continue to come back. Um, people really like uh, One for All. It's not my favorite very much, but people do seem to like that one quite a lot, so we'll continue to see that. Ultimate Spellbook is pretty fun, and people seem to like that one, so that will come back. The single-player ones themselves will not return, I'm sure. Invasion and Odyssey Extraction. Overcharge, I didn't like very much. It was very narrow and kind of weird. Do you guys remember that one? No, no, I don't. So that was, you played, you had, there was a limited number of champions you could play as, but it was like, the map was split in two, and there were some teleporters, and basically you had to kill other champions while also killing these little, like, bots that had headlamps that were going around, and once you killed them, you would... Once you killed enough, you're, you're, it was a 3v3 mode. Once your team killed, you know, a few of them, then your characters would all become invulnerable for like 20 seconds and you, and then empowered and you go and try and hunt and uh, hunt the other players. And then they try to run away and not die. Um, and you get extra points for killing them while you're in that mode. So there was that one, which was interesting. Nexus Siege flopped. I don't know how many people like that. Nexus Blitz, though. John, you were talking about how you really want Nexus oh, yeah. Blitz back yeah, earlier. That's, I'm excited for that. Like, uh, Nexus Blitz is my favorite one. And then uh, I really like Ultimate Spellbook a lot, too. Um, mm -hmm. Both of those are yeah. so much fun. But, uh, but yeah, I... Did you, ever play, did you ever play Hunt of the Blood Moon? You might have started after that I did game not. mode. Bomo, do you remember? Have you ever played Hunt of the Blood Moon? That was the one with all the assassins, right? And then the yeah. <clears throat> the map had like a weird fog. And then you yeah, had, it had like, the yeah. red well, fog. That sounds yeah. fun, dude. What? So yeah, it was you could only pick characters that were classified as assassins. What? That's amazing. Um, 
And yeah, everyone starts at level. I mean, here's the reading of it. It's hosted in conjunction with the Blood Moon Festival event. There were two teams of assassins um, it, sacrificing the opposition in an attempt to secure the Blood Moon's blessing. The team. What? Okay, a little bit of a champ pool. Everyone starts at level three and will be affected by Blood Pack, granting 50% CDR on item actives and summoner spells. Additionally, while out of combat, it grants increased move speed. We're talking like two to three times the effect of Moby's. You moved really fast. Oh my gosh. And increased mana regen as well, as well as fa I think all ults were f half as cooldown or maybe 60% Was there a bunch cooldown. of bushes? Um, there were not any bushes uh. added, but the whole map was kind of a red fog, so you had a little bit of a more limited vision. Not a ton, but killing first to 350 points wins. Killing a champion gives five points. Killing these spirits, it was little Callista drones that would go around the map, give three points. Um, and they passively spawn in both teams' jungles. There were demon heralds, so like smaller rift heralds that would spawn in the dragon and baron pits, and killing one of those granted 25. Um, killing three enemy champions or spirits without returning to base or dying will grant the demon brand buff, which, after being out of combat for four seconds, restores 100% max health, grants invisibility, increased move speed, and... Uh, enhances your next attack to 20% of the first target's max health as bonus true damage, which lasted for 45 seconds. You could choose your target uh, unto, or until your next basic attack or ability. Um, and then once your team also killed five of those little Callista spirits collectively, you would everyone would get this buff. Uh everyone on your team and then you would all go invisible and be able to use it so it was it was wild they also removed any non like heavy damage items so you couldn't be building your gargoyle stone plates your sunfire capes your thorn mails nope no defensive items there was no zanyas there was no i don't know i don't even think ga was in the game it was like offensive items only it was an offense thing that was uh it that was wild so to fun. play and some and some characters who were not assassins were also in, like, Katarina's not an assassin, but she was in, um, I don't know, it was, it was really, really, really fucking fun to play. Yeah, so, stuff like that, that they don't have anymore. A lot of people liked the Thresh game mode, that, uh, the Dark Star Singularity, as well, um, which, if you don't know what that is, go look up a video of it, it was wild, I was not a fan very much, but, um, yeah, and Hexakill. I really want Hexakill back. That was 6v6 Summoner's Rift. 6v6. Oof. But, yeah. Um, so. We'll see what game modes they come back with. The one that they teased in the video, which I would everyone go watch that video if you want to feel a little bit better about uh, Riot's development team. But they teased it was a um, four teams of two playing a bunch of, like, team of team versus team deathmatch style like rounds in in between the rounds you're healing and getting items and leveling up by killing minions or something else they didn't really speak too much about like it call of duty league of legends said, yeah in a way um they said they plan to release some concept art and explain more about it in march if development goes as planned and then hopefully it comes out sometime this summer is that's the roadmap that they laid out that's not what we laid out and we'll hopefully that will come through but i think they had yeah. to change the map for that right 
Um, they they probably are just going to use one of the other maps or have altered mm -hmm. maps. I think they could use Magma Chamber for it, or they've edited the maps before with, like, Nexus Siege. Only it had a half the map. Did you guys play Splits. a lot of, like, Warcraft 3 and StarCraft and StarCraft 2? Dude, yeah, those were, um, yeah, growing up, Warcraft 3 and then, like, Warcraft 3 Frozen Throne <laughs> was my favorite yeah. game, dude. I played so, so much So there are a couple custom games where they had, like, 2v2, 2v2, 2v2 types of maps. And it's literally a square map. So I'm picturing, like, a square Summoner's Rift. And each corner is a base. And you have a... Three lanes essentially, but each lane goes to a different team. I don't know how it's gonna work with two champions if you if you sack one or what happens, but <laughs> there's literally an avenue to to each each team, and so you can decide how you want to fight. But I, I wouldn't. I wonder if that's the sort of route they're gonna go with the two v two v two map. Um, I don't. I think they'll have to make like a new type of map, or they can do like a what is it? Like a Howling Abyss map, but just make it a giant X. I think that'd be pretty fun too. Just kind of like a, a free for all type brawl. There was a um, in the middle of the map. Yeah, there was like one, uh, like one of my favorite like custom Warcraft three one, like map things like that. It was like a, uh, a three v three thing or like a two v two v two thing, but except it was like uh, almost like on a big island. So essentially, it had like. Uh, it was like a big sem like a big circle, and then in each like point there was uh, around the circle there was like you know a team, but then they all had like a way to feed into this large area in the middle that was like all NPC stuff that had like camps that you had to kill that you could like get levels from to access like a different shop or like something like that to get different items or units and stuff, and then there was uh, like one where you had to like fight like a dragon to get to this uh like point that gave you a bunch of like health and mana regen or like stuff like that did you ever play anything like that i don't i don't think i did but i think that's they're gonna have to do some sort of like map similar to those game modes um for the 2v2v2 because i i can't really picture it working on what we currently have right now um so we'll have they to could see. repurpose. They could repurpose Dominion assets. Maybe is yeah. what I'm thinking they probably do. But I feel like uh, Ascension was also played on Dominion, right? Yeah, it um, was. That was oh, that was so didn't, fun. Didn't they say last year though that they they couldn't bring Dominion or Ascension because of the they didn't have any of the updated texture models? So remember, uh, Rise is that did, what it was? I think so. Like season four, season five, they redid all the the texturing, and they didn't do it for Ascension or Dominion. So maybe maybe they actually did it though. And they're releasing it for this mode. That'd be pretty hyped too. Like the, I thought like that they round did map. because yeah. When yeah, uh, I'm looking up Ascension and it says M Ascension was released in September 2014, but then it was added to the rotating game modes on April 8th of 2016. Hmm. Um, and I thought the 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 map texturing happened. Season five worlds, which was before that, was on the new map. I thought it was between seasons four and five that mm -hmm. they had all those updated textures. So I don't know if that's correct. I do remember an older version of Ascension and then a newer version, which with the retexturing. So I, I'm, mm -hmm. I guess I'm imagining it. So I'm, I'm ninety percent sure. But maybe I just didn't yeah. play. But I, I, I only pictured the old uh, Dominion mm -hmm. map, and I can't, I can't picture the new Ascension. So maybe they did. I just don't remember it. Yeah, it was. Uh, so for John and people who don't know, this is my favorite one. I'll read through it real quick. So Ascension, it's like first to 200 points. And so 
Um, you uh, so a sandstorm rages around the map and it significantly reduces vision. It is not possible to leave the fountain on foot. You must step onto a teleporter pad and then uh, choose which of the two places you wanted to teleport to. Um, and then each player, so each team has the nearest center and ports, blah, blah, blah. Players can't buy new items until they die and respawn again, um, just like ARAM. The outer circle, it's like an outer circle and an inner area. The outer circle is not open, so it was just the inner area. Players begin at level 3 with 1,300 gold and 56 per 10 seconds, whatever. Um, at the center of a map resides a giant Xerath as an ancient ascended stationary neutral monster, killing him bestows the ascension buff so if you attacked him he would attack everyone around but if you didn't attack him he would just kind of float there uh, which significantly empowers its bearers champions can only ascend by killing the monster and not by killing another ascended so whoever actually delivers the killing blow on the ascended become on on the ascended Zareth becomes ascended themselves until they get killed and they uh everyone sees them regardless of if they're in fog of war they uh they also um let's see what after uh let's see it was yeah all heal all incoming and healing effects are reduced by 50 percent. they're always visible and they have uh health costs reduced by 50 percent. mana and energy costs reduced by 100 so free spells 15 percent armor and mr penetration a whole bunch of flat health and ad and ap and 25 percent cdr which would be like uh, I want to say that's like 50 ability haste right now, just all of a sudden given to him at once. And then it was first to 200 points wins. Killing an enemy champion gives one. If the killer is an ascended, two points are earned. Killing, claiming a relic, it was like a little health thing you right-click on for a couple seconds. It gets you three points. Killing someone who is ascended gives you five. And then killing the actual Xerath also gives five points. So it was very much do some stuff around the center, around the edge, and then get the ascended, and then kill people and... That sort of, it was it was fucking wild. It was so much fun. So yeah, I'm all all yeah, for but, new uh, modes for sure. I'm glad. To I will that. find a good uh, ascended ascension link and send it to you as well. But yeah, that was uh, that was basically their video. Um, so go ahead and uh, check it out, everyone. Um, you can find it directly on the League of Legends official Twitter account, as well as probably a couple of other places as well. So go check that out. But um, anything else that we want to say regarding all this debacle and then their response? I think we kind of covered our thoughts, but doors open if anyone wants to share. Uh, I don't have anything else. I, I thought we covered everything pretty well. Okay. Well, um, let's, uh, let's wrap this up then. So next week we'll be covering the 13.2 changes that'll be coming out, uh, assuming that it comes out next week, which I believe it should. And we'll also see how many of these ADC changes made it in. Additionally, we have a question of the week, so please go and answer that. Um, so the question is, do you like the new rank system changes? Yes or no, and why? And so those are, uh, just to recall, the promotion series being shortened to three games and uh, two splits and as opposed to just one split, a couple other changes in there as well. So check out those. Um, 
or go ahead and answer that if you would be so kind. And uh, yeah, we have community game nights on Tuesdays starting at 7.15 Eastern. I will not be in the one tomorrow. I have to go pick up my dog from my girlfriend's parents' house because they were watching the dog while we were away. But um, it will still go on. And uh, yeah, go ahead and check out our Patreon. We have some cool benefits there for you to go sign up for. If you have any feedback for us, please send any emails to questions at trainingforcepodcast.com or drop it in the feedback subthread of our Discord, um, which I regularly monitor. And whenever I accidentally fuck up on editing or something else happens, uh, people let me know, which is good. And that's what that's there for. So send us any feedback that you have there. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in, everyone. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our product and being a member of the Trinity Force Network community. If you have a moment, please head over to iTunes and give your favorite show a comment and a rating. If you're so inclined, you can check out all of the other great shows in the network. We've got a wide variety of content from League of Legends to general gaming and role-playing podcasts. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found in Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit under T-Force Network. We've also got a Patreon under that name where you can support your favorite shows with a small donation each month. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy all of the podcasts, videos, and the community that we provided. 